Majesty. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning. So good to see you. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, the church, to, for letting uh, Robin and I go. We got to go to uh, Equip by His Word, uh, a pastor's encouragement conference uh, last week for free, praise the Lord, and uh, uh, except for the gas and... Uh, and all that, but uh, uh, it was a great time, a refreshing uh, spiritual time for us. We, uh, it was busy, we were doing a lot, but uh, 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 it was amazing. Uh, Brother Ted Kirsch and his wife Jerry and um, Ken Jenkins uh, just uh, poured into us, and it was, it was a great uh, spiritual uh, time for us. So I want to thank you, church, for letting us go. Thank Johnny for filling in for me last week, and uh, just uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, but it's so good to be back uh, here with you today, and uh, as always, we just want to encourage you and love you and, and bring you the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Uh, that's why we're here today, and, and today, uh, if you have your Bibles open, uh, turn them to John chapter 4. Uh, we're going to look here at the uh, story of the woman at the well. Uh, you probably know this story very well. If not, we're, we're going to get to know it even better, uh, but uh, here in a couple weeks, we're going to start a series. Uh, I thought it was very fitting uh, to start a series right before Thanksgiving uh, called Stuff. All right, and uh, so so in a couple of weeks we're going to look at at God and His fullness and His fullness of grace, His mercy and His love upon us. But uh, as 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 we start to move to that that steer, series about being full in God, I got thirsty. All right. Uh, so ha- have you ever been thirsty? I mean, to the point where, you, I mean, you're just dry and you can't get enough to drink. I don't, there's been a couple times in my life where, I mean, I, I chugged a whole bottle of water, but I'm still thirsty. Have you ever been there? Uh, I mean, you got so dry that you just, you just, you just needed more and more and just seemed like you couldn't get enough to drink to, uh, to refresh you. You had that cotton mouth going on and, uh, you just needed, uh, hydration. Well, today uh, we're going to look at living water, and uh, so we're going to do that in John chapter 4, and before we go there, we're going to go ahead and read that whole passage, uh, but before we do that, let's, let's, let's ask God to, to bless our time together. Father, uh, we just come before you, and we just thank you uh, for your word. Now, Father, as we open our, our, our Bibles up today and we look at, at, at this story, Father, I pray that you would just uh, speak to each and every one of our hearts. Uh, Lord, and uh, draw us uh, closer, closer to your side. Lord, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, let's, let's go ahead and read this, starting in verse 1. It says, Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again from, for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to this, a town of Samaria called uh, Sychar, Near the field that Jacob had given his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied and, and as he was from the journey, was sitting beside the well. 
It was about the sixth hour, and a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? And the Jews, because the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, he, who gave us this well and drank from it himself and did his sons and his livestock? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one that you have uh, now have is not your husband that you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to the woman, Believe me, the hour is coming, uh, coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship What you do not know, we worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. The Spirit, God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him. In spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. We're just going to stop right there as as we move on. And as we look through this, I want to just really point out to you a couple of different things. First of all, he said this. He, He said he had to pass through Samaria. I know that uh, as we look at at where Samaria was, uh, from Jerusalem to Galilee, uh, the section on this side where Samaria was. Uh, So so there was a path, if you cross the Jordan, where he could have got to be with going through Samaria. But the text says, the word says, he had to pass through Samaria. 
Now, in this and understanding this and seeing the culture and seeing that the Pharisees were following him, there's a couple different reasons we could argue why he had to go through Samaria. Number one, the Pharisees were the Jewish sect that, that were just so strict and, and were, were pressing on him. They did not have any dealings with the Samaritans. They saw the Samaritans as half-breeds and, 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 and people who have, had let uh, idol worshipers come in uh, and be with them. So, so, so they shunned, they, they disrespected, they, they, they had nothing to do with those people. They, they, those people disgusted so, so we could argue that Jesus uh, wanted to get from the Pharisees, so he went through it. You say that, but, but, but let me ask you this. Did Jesus ever back down from anybody? Did, did Jesus ever just, uh, this is not easy for me, so I'm just going to stay out. No, Jesus, he people and, and he, he talked to people. So, so I, I, I reject you meant that Jesus was just trying to get in the Pharisees. And I read that because the word also says this, he had. See, I believe that the reason why Jesus went through Samaria is because Jesus lived his life in obedience to his father. I, I believe that everything that Jesus did was in obedience to, to the will of God and that he had to go to Samaria because God had a plan for him to have this encounter in Samaria. Amen? Do you believe that God and Jesus uh, have a purpose and a plan and a will uh, to go into this world? So, 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 so there could be this, this reasoning that Jesus, uh, you know, uh, won the Pharisees, but the truth is Jesus was in the, and was God's will, and he never backed down from anybody, but he was in obedience to the Father. The truth is he had to go through Samaria because he was in the will of God. George W. Truitt said it this way. He said, No will of God is greatest knowledge. To do the will of God is the greatest achievement. Man, that's good. To know the will of God is the greatest knowledge, but to do the will of God is the greatest achievement. God's plan, God has a plan for one of our lives. And, and, and that plan differs ways because you are uh, wonderfully and, and specially made for, for God's purpose in your life. But to, but to be in God's will is simple. God's will for your life is this, to know him, to love him, to follow him in his commandments and then to love others as yourself if you're doing those things then you are in god's will and and wherever you go whatever places you you go the things that you do when you're in god's will uh those things will be pleasing to god the things in the places that you know will be pleasing to god because he knows and you're in his will because living a life in obedience to god is true life Jesus said it this way, I am the, the, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus Christ is where the fullness of joy is found. It's where life is truly found, is in the will and knowing of God. Uh, the Bible go, goes on and tells us that it was the sixth hour. Uh, the sixth hour means that it was almost straight up noon. And Jesus was weary from the journey. He was thirsty. Uh, and, 
you know that as we talk about Jesus and, and we share about Jesus and, and, and all that Jesus did, his miracles, his signs, uh, the wonder, his majesty, we see Jesus uh, and know that Jesus is fully God and we worship him and we praise him for that as we should, amen? But is it not just a little bit encouraging to you? And, and shouldn't we also realize and understand and remember that Jesus being fully God was also fully man? Jesus was fully man. That meaning that he understood uh, what it is that we go through. It strengthens me and encourages me, it encourages me to know that uh, Jesus felt the same thing felt. I feel uh, he, he uh, experienced the same emotions that I experience. He felt and he knew what it was like to have hunger pains. And, and he also knew exactly what it was to be thirsty. Just like we know what it is to be thirsty. Verse 7, Jesus says, the woman that came to draw the, uh, at the water, he says, give me drink. Uh, I know that it is wonderful uh, for us to see that Jesus was fully man and, and he was like us in this way and that he knew what it was to thirst. But he also knew what it was like to get sassed. Has anybody here ever been sassed? By a woman. Come on, guys. No, no man in this room would dare raise his hand. I just want to note that. He knew what it was like to be sassed. The, the woman says here, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria? And it goes on, Jesus says, If you knew the gift of God, who it is that it is says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The sass continues. She says, uh, in, in having no idea what Jesus was just talking to her about, having no idea that Jesus just revealed to her the plan of him coming to, to earth in the first place is that to, to give the gift of salvation to all who believe in him, she continues and she says, Sir, you have nothing to draw, draw water with, and this well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Do you hear this poking? Do you see the tension? Uh, from this culture and the things that are going on here. But Jesus, being the ultimate gentleman, does not get frustrated with her sass, but he tells her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will, will become to him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. You know, there are, are, are two different types of, of wells, and if you, if you dig a well, you're, you're going to, to go down and you're going to hit the water table, right? If you, if you hit the water table, then uh, you're, uh, depending on where the water table is, is how, how good that well is, how deep that well is, how much water is going to be at. Since we lived out in western Oklahoma for six years, uh, we really came accustomed to the years of drought. And the, the problem with the well that just hits the water table is that in the years of drought, those wells can dry up pretty fast. But the other kind of well is a Springfield well. And if you have a Springfield well, then that, that, that thing is probably never going to go dry. Why is that? Because there is another source feeding into that well. 
And, and Jesus is, is, is displaying and he's telling us here that, that, that he gives living water. He is like, uh, he is like that Springfield well. In, in us, we are going to find times of dryness. We're going, we have our, 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 our ways and, and we, are, we are prone to wander like we've sang about this morning. We are prone to, to go our selfish ways. Uh, we, we are prone to do those kind of things. But if, uh, if you are truly in Jesus Christ and then he wells up in you, he brings you, he wants you, he, he wants you to know that, that you will never go dry. The Bible tells us that you will never, he will never leave you or forsake you. Even though we are prone to wonder. Even though we are prone to go our selfish ways. Even though there are all kinds of stresses and worries in the world that we put upon ourselves. The God of glory continues to move and spring up in, in us and draw us closer and closer to his side. Perfecting us in love for his glory. The, the woman was intrigued by this statement because uh, here uh, it was the middle of the day and she was hot and, uh, and she had gone out into to the well to draw water in the middle of the day by herself. It's interesting because the custom in the biblical times was for the women to go out in the evenings and draw water. We see that in Genesis 24 verse 11. But she is out here in the middle of the day by herself. Why is that? Well, it's because she has issues. The, the story doesn't go into detail about all that went on throughout her life or the circumstances that led her uh, to, to do this. Jesus just tells her that she was right, that she had no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the, the guy that you're with right now, you're not married to Reminds me of the story of uh, a lady who uh, her friend uh, asked her to, to go out to eat. It was a couple weeks after she lost her husband. Uh, and uh, she asked her to go out, but the lady said, I, I, just, I, I can't afford to go out and eat. But, but this was her best friend, and her best friend knew that she just received a $20,000 uh, check from the insurance. She said, what do you mean you don't have any money? She said, well, you know, the, the funeral cost $7,000. She said, wow, what a memorial stone. And she said, yeah. What do you think of it? We have issues, don't we? <laughs> we have issues. But in all the things, aren't you glad that there is no condemnation in Christ? Aren't you glad that... Uh, he, even in our flesh, even though our flesh, uh, we are prone to sin, we're prone to wander. Uh, in our flesh, we, uh, we are prone to feel shame and regrets and things like that. And, and, and the enemy, our accuser, is always uh, trying to push us down. He's trying to enslave us into our sins. And, and he's trying to get us to and keep us down in our shame and, and get caught up in those things. But in Christ... There is no condemnation. In Christ, uh, you may be confronted with your sin. You may be convicted of your sin. But Jesus is going to confront you with that because he wants to get you out of sin and shame. He doesn't want you to, to hold you in sin and shame. Jesus wants to, to uh, regenerate you, restore you, and to bring you back. Jesus wants you to be free from sin. 
after seeing what Jesus was doing and what he was talking about and how different he was, she calls him a prophet. And then she begins to search for truth. She asks him, where is the right place to worship? Jesus tells her that the hour is coming where neither this mountain nor Jerusalem will be the place where you worship, but the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And then it goes on, it says, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Did you know that? that did you know that, that God is, is revealing himself to, to all people? He, 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 he's showing himself through, through nature and, and through people and, and his, his word. He's revealing himself. He's revealing himself and he's seeking such people to love and worship him. Can I remind you that uh, just a, uh, a chapter ahead of this, this chapter, the, there's some amazing verses. John three sixteen and 17. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Praise the Lord. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. I, I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at. Well, I know where you're at because you're here. Now, I, I don't know where you're at spiritually. I, I, I don't know what uh, cares of the world uh, are cast upon you. I don't know where your hurts are. I don't know uh, what, what's dragging you down. I don't know what uh, the Satan, our enemy, the accuser is accusing you of and trying to trap you in. But I know something, that we are all thirsty. And, and I know that if you are here today, that God is, is drawing himself to you. God is seeking after you and calling you because he loves you. And he went to such lengths that his only son gave up his life to be the moment for your sin. And that if you may be here today and you may be struggling in your, in your spirit, but... Th- through the songs that we've sung this morning, through the prayers that were prayed this morning, through the scripture that was read this morning, there is welling up inside you a thirst for more. There's a thirst to get closer to this God who loves you. And if that is you today, then I, I, I just, I just want to call out to you and say that, that there is so much more in this God's word. There's so much more that he wants to show you and reveal to you because he loves you, he cares for you, he adores you. And that you can find truth through the spirit of God in him, through the word. He wants to give you that living water. He doesn't want you to thirst spiritually anymore.
maybe you're here today and you've realized just how awesome God is. Some Jews and and some Muslims will both argue and say that Jesus never claimed to be Messiah. But I I don't think we can miss this. I don't I don't I don't think we can uh I don't think Jesus could be any more plain er <laughs> than what he says in verse twenty five and twenty four. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Verse 26, Jesus says to her, I who speak to you am he. Translated word from word from the Greek, it says this, Yeshua said to her, I am he, the one who speaks to you. It comes down to this, my friends, beloved ones of God. Do you believe Jesus Christ to be the Messiah? Is the Spirit of truth telling you this morning that Jesus is your Savior? Do you hear this morning that all of your sins can be forgiven because of Jesus who died upon the cross for you. Do you understand this morning that the glory of God is yours if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Maybe you're here today and for the first time in your life you truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. The Bible tells us that you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Today, would you give your life to Jesus Christ? And never thirst again. Let's pray. Father, just come before you this morning just praising your holy name for your word, your goodness, your love, your grace, your mercy. Father, you, it, it just astounds me that uh, in my sin and in, in, in my, my shame, God, that, that, that you loved me even though I'm a sinner. A holy God loved me so much that he gave his life for me. Father, I I just pray that every person here this morning would not leave this room without knowing that you are a God that loves beyond all measure. Father, I pray for those folks that are are struggling and and, and hurting spiritually inside today. I pray that that this message would encourage them uh, to, to put away all cares of the world and just focus on you. And Father, I pray that if there is one person here this morning that, 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 is, that you are drawing to yourself, Lord, that they would forget their selfishness and receive your grace and mercy today. God, we thank you so much for this. We ask you to, to move among us. We pray this in Jesus' precious name.